2: Peace, 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 and welcome to The Rematch, which is part of the basketballnews.com podcast network. On The Rematch, you'll hear in depth interviews with notable names from all walks of life because sometimes the media just doesn't get it right. The Rematch is that second opportunity to clarify, put things in proper context, correct fake news or misreported controversy the media still exists as the most powerful entity on earth because they control the minds of the masses. I'm Atan Thomas, and the full truth is what we are aiming to catch. Many media stories omit details that would dilute their clickbait roar, and that's why there's a need for the rematch. On this episode, I sat down with sports editor for The Nation, host of the Edge of Sports podcast and my co-host on The Collision Where Sports and Politics Collide, Dave Zirin. We broke down, debated, dissected, and thoroughly discussed the Kyrie Irving tweet of the book and movie Hebrews to Negroes, which resulted in an onslaught of condemnation and outrage and his eventual suspension from the Brooklyn Nets. This is a very complicated topic, but we were able to have a real discussion on it unlike any other discussion I have seen on any network. Although we disagreed and definitely saw things differently in many aspects, it's important to have these types of discussions. Hope you enjoy.
1: Mr. Dave Zirin, how you doing, sir? Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me on.
2: Oh, thank you. Always a uh, pleasure um, speaking with you. i uh, give you a proper introduction. Um, sports editor for The Nation, host of Edge of Sports podcast, and he is my co-host weekly on The Collision where Sports and Politics Collide on WPFW 89.3 FM every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. Um, Mr. Dave Zirin, how you doing, sir?
1: I'm doing great, doing great.
2: So thanks again uh, for coming on The Rematch and, you know, basketballnews.com and Fly TV. Um, So today today we're going to break down and have a real discussion Um, about Kyrie Irving, uh, the backlash he was receiving after posting the documentary that was based on the book uh, From Hebrews to Negroes, um, Wake Up, Black America by Ronald Dalton Jr. And um, I haven't read the book and I haven't seen the documentary, um, but, you know, I've definitely seen the reactions from it. And uh, you wrote an article in The Guardian um, called Kyrie Irving and the Fraught History of our collective liberation. So um, we'll, we'll play a clip of Kyrie's press conference uh, from earlier this week, answering reporters, questioning why he retweeted the doc. And he had a back and forth with reporter, Nick Fidel. So take a look.
0: And it's a title given to Christ, Philippians 2.11. And my name translates in the Hebrew language as Yahweh. So I went on the Amazon Prime. I was like, you know what? Let me see if there are any documentaries on Yahweh. So. Went in the search bar, typed in Yahweh, that came up. Went out and shared it on my platform. That was my night. In terms of the backlash or what people call it, uh, we're in 2022. History is not supposed to be hidden from anybody. And I'm not a divisive person when it comes to religion. I, I embrace all walks of life. You see it on all my platforms. I talk to all races, all cultures, all religions. And my response would be, Um, It's not about educating yourself on what Semitism is and what anti-Semitism is. It's really about learning the root words of where these come from and understanding that this is an African heritage that is also belonging to the people. Africa is in it, whether we want to dismiss it or not. So the claims of anti-Semitism and who are the original chosen people of God and we go into these religious conversations and it's a big no-no. I don't live my way like that. I don't live my life that way, excuse me, I grew up in a melting pot, and I say a melting pot of all races, white, black, red, yellow, Jewish, Christian, Muslim, and you can see the way I live my life now. I'm not here to be divisive, so they could push their, I don't wanna say they, because I'm not identifying any one group or race of people, but I'm in a unique position to have a level of influence on my community, and what I post does not mean that I support everything that's being said, or everything that's being done, or I'm campaigning for anything. All I do is post things for my people and my community and those that it's actually going to impact. Anybody else that has criticism obviously wasn't meant for them. Hopefully I'm understanding what you said and I, I, I want to make sure I get it right because I don't want to misquote I don't expect. I don't expect understanding from a media conglomerate group that sincerely talks about the game of basketball and then we bring up religion as if it's correlative at times when it's convenient for people to bring it up so please just be direct with your question mm-hmm. so we can move on from this and I can talk about the game and go home to my son Elohim and my wife Marlene okay Am I to take it that this was the, what you shared was not something that you've even watched this was you did okay you did watch it or either watch it or read it I had a lot of time last year to read a lot read a whole bunch good and bad about the truth of our world So then do you, I guess, understand or not understand those that might imply that that work had anti-Semitic leanings in it? I only ask this because the tweet is still up there. We're in 2022. It's on Amazon, a public platform. Whether you want to go watch it or not is up to you. There's things being posted every day. I'm no different than the next human being, so don't treat me any different. You guys come in here and make up this powerful influence I have over top of... The adultery of oh, you, you cannot post that. Why not? Why not? Everybody posts everything else. You saw the word nigger going up on Twitter, right? I don't hear uproar that. I'm not here to be divisive on what's going on on this or that. I'm not comparing Jews to blacks. I'm not comparing white to black. I'm not doing that. That conversation is dismissive. And it constantly revolves around the rhetoric of who are the chosen people of God. And I'm not here to argue over a person or a culture or religion on what they believe. No, nah, this is what is here. It's on a public platform. Did I do anything illegal? Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Did I do anything illegal? Did I hurt anybody? Did I harm anybody? Am I going out and saying that I hate one specific group of people? So, out of all the judgment that people got from me posting, I just without talking to me and then I respect what Joe said, but there has a lot to do with the not ego or pride of the, how proud I am to be an African heritage, but also to be living as a free black man here in America, knowing the historical complexities for me to get here. So I'm not going to stand down on anything that I believe in. I'm only going to get stronger because I'm not alone. I have a whole army around me. Kyrie, okay, while we're on the topic of promotion, why did you decide to promote Something that Alex Jones said. That was a few weeks ago. I do not stand with Alex Jones' position, narrative, court case that he had with Sandy Hook or any of the kids that felt like they had to relive trauma or parents that had to relive trauma or to be dismissive to all the lives that were lost during that uh, tragic event. My, My post was a post from Alex Jones that he did in the early 90s or late 90s about secret societies in America of occults. And it's true. So I wasn't identifying with anything of being a, campaign, a campaignist for Alex Jones or anything. I was just there to post. And it's funny, and it's actually hilarious because out of all the things I posted that day, that was the one post that everyone chose to, chose to see. It just goes back to the way our world is and works. I'm not here to complain about it, I just exist and to follow up on the promotion of the movie and the book can you please stop calling it a promotion what am i promoting put it out on your platform but i'm promoting it do you see me doing do you see me in front of the it out there the people title? are gonna say that you are yeah, promoting. I put it out there just like you put things out there right yeah, but I, okay, I, it's not you put stuff, things out there for a living, right? Right, but my great, stuff. is great. Not So let's move on. Let's move on. Anti-Semitic. Let's stuff. move on. Don't dehumanize me up here. I, I'm not. I'm not doing I'm that. Another you're human free to post, I what, can post whatever I want. So say what, that and shut it down and move on to the next question. But Kyrie, you have to understand that by I don't have post, to understand anything from you. But, it's nothing. not me. Nothing. pipes, no people what that what you're what you making did, up, bro. Move on. But by posting what you next question. Anybody questions? You guys have any more questions? You guys have any more questions? Because this Semitic is going to be a beliefs. clip. This is going to be a clip that he's going to marvel at. Is this any more questions? But you're not answering the question. Oh, this, this is another answering your question. Oh my God! Let's make another Instagram clip so we could be famous again. Next question. Kyrie basketball related. So
2: there's a lot to unpack with this. Um, let's start with your article, Dave, um, where the subtitle is: Kyrie's anti-Semitism isn't new. But his allies are. And that's terrifying. Um, So I want to ask you, is it is it is it fair to label Kyrie as anti-Semitic after posting this documentary without any context, without any explanation? He didn't give. He just posted a documentary. Um, But is it fair to jump to anti-Semitic or do you think that's kind of warranted by him posting this documentary?
1: I mean, I think you have to look at uh, a little bit of a train of behavior. And to me, it starts with, you know, th- and this is what's been so hard about this, Aton is that mm-hmm. I've been somebody who's defended Kyrie for years um, around, you know, his efforts to be, I guess I would call it an iconoclast, um, you know, his own person in the league. Uh, but in this particular case, yeah, I think he took it, a step far. I mean, to me, he took it a step far. It started when these right wingers started to uh, organize on his behalf when he was not uh, take, getting the COVID vaccine. And, you know, and he wasn't the only NBA player who that happened to, but you compare his reaction to that to say Bradley Beal uh, when people started defend Beal for not doing it. And Bradley Beal was like, yeah, I don't, want your support. You know, we actually don't believe the same things Mm -hmm. and this is a separate issue. And I could actually really, really respect that coming from Beal. He cut that off right away. Kyrie did not. Um, Not at all. In fact, uh, he encouraged it. And then you factor him posting that video, uh, a video by Alex Jones. Now, Kyrie is a smart guy. Uh, Mm -hmm. Duke University comes from a, a very very uh, intelligent background I've met his dad before you know as a coach and um, he he knows what he's doing he's not you know a 19 year old clicking like on something and then being like and then having to you know have apologized for it or anything like that this is a, a grown man a wealthy man a businessman he knows what he's doing I got I, I give him that and it's a respect you know it's like I think the worst thing we could do right now is to be, and you've heard me say this before, is to sort of patronize him to the point where we're like, well, he knows not what he does. I mean, I think he knows exactly what he's doing. And I think when you post a video by Alex Jones, you're making a statement. Um, and we know who Alex Jones is. And But I didn't say anything then either, because it's like, okay, he posted a video. I don't want to be part of some kind of, you know, big scrum around this person because I don't know who that serves. Mm-hmm. But in in this case, you know, and I, and I watched the video largely on Fast Forward. I'll be honest about that because some of it was really hard to watch. But it traffics in the worst of the worst um, of things that Jewish people have had to confront and deal with. I mean, a lot of the, the movie comes from this book, The Protocols of the Elders of Zion, which was... Written in czarist Russia as a way to justify pogroms against Jewish people. And all the stuff about modern Jews are Satanists, not real Jews, drink blood. I mean, stuff that's just like, like R- Rich Eisen said it pretty well. I'm not some big Rich Eisen fan, but when, when he talked about it, he said, you know, it's not so much about what was said, but it was how it made me feel. And I knew immediately, you know, what this was all about. And there there's a way in which how like I felt it inside where I was kind of like, oh crap. You know, I'm gonna actually have to write about this and take it on because can't just let this kind of stuff lie. But the way and the way I wanted to take it on though, and then, then I'll stop filibustering, but you know, like yeah. you said it is a lot. The way the way I wanted to take it on and discuss it was to first of all to understand that there is material basis. This is not new in terms of tension between uh, black and Jewish communities. And Mm. those communities have not, I want to be very clear about this have not existed on an equal plane. And I don't like it when people talk about it like that, as if, Oh, you have these two oppressed groups and they're at each other's throats. It's much, much more complicated than that. Mm. And, uh, and not an equal power dynamic. And I talk about this in the article, but like what it's a tense history that has moments of tremendous solidarity and tremendous division. Mm -hmm. Solidarity is about commonality of oppression, which is why you've seen, uh, black people risk their and, you know, give up their lives and struggles against fascism and, uh, and Jewish people, you know, fight in the civil rights movement, for example, or fight Mm -hmm. in Harlem in the 1930s is, you know, against depression, uh, Evictions and things like that is because there is that history of commonality, but there's also a history that's much, I think, even much more intense of Jewish people being the local business owners in black neighborhoods.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. Jewish people used to live in those neighborhoods and they held on to uh, the small businesses. So then Jewish people are the face of power and authority in those neighborhoods even if they're not necessarily the people in power or authority in society as a whole Mm -hmm. or make up maybe a part of that, but certainly not the dominating force of authority in our society, I would argue by, by, by any stretch. And so that's created a history of tension and it's something that, uh, you know, Malcolm wrestled with. It's Mm -hmm. something that, I mean, I mean, this is what I write in the article is that you, you really cannot find uh, a black political thinker of the last hundred years who hasn't in their writing wrestled with the question of Jews, you know, how right. are they allies? Are they not, you know, and uh, are they trustworthy? Are they not? And th- these are worthy questions given the history between the Q2 communities. And that does lead to some of the conspiratorial stuff, what have you. But what's different about Kyrie is, and I, I, I'm I, looking at the whole history of this tension between black people and Jewish people. Mm-hmm. The reaction of like the white Christian fascist right wing to that conflict has basically been screw them both, <laughs> you know, let them fight each other. We could care less. To see Kyrie immediately have these allies on the white fascist right. To see them support him, to see them tweet about him, to see them celebrate him and this film on their message boards. That to me is what's new about this and what's particularly frightening about this, because we know the influence that Kyrie has, not just in terms of uh, people and fans, but in terms of NBA locker rooms and not necessarily because he's everybody's best friend in the NBA, but because you know as well as anybody, Atan, that there is a code about you know criticizing other players, especially when they're being piled on by the media. Mm-hmm. And I actually understand that Reggie Miller called players out for not being more vocal against Kyrie. I, I reject that from Reggie Miller because I understand why people would not want to be part of a generalized pile on against a player, uh, be- given the amount of pressure that players are under. But that's why it's all more important for me, well, I felt like I needed to add my voice to a lot of the voices writing about this one, because I think a lot of the columns have been bad and not political and not historical and not trying to understand the context mm-hmm. at all. Um, but, but also because I mean, it's important to, this is what I believe is that it's important to challenge ideas with ideas. And I'll just end with this is um is my, my editor uh, said to me, well, what are you calling for? Are you calling for him to be suspended? Are you calling him for it to be fined? It's like, well, what's what's the actionable item? And I said, the actionable item is knowledge, you know, the actual knowledge of self, knowledge of the world, because you can't say, well, the problem is not Jewish people. The problem is these mega rich billionaires who are living on yachts while the world burns. And then at the same time, say, if only billionaire Joseph Sai would come protect us and find Kyrie, then we would have justice in the world. Kind of hypocritical to make that argument. So <laughs> to put it mildly. So I kept that out of the piece and I, I drew a sharp line. Normally, I'm very coachable editors if you're listening to this. But on that one, I wasn't going to budge because right. I, I do think like like I would have been against it if it was like we're going to suspend Kyrie, we're going to find Kyrie, and I'm glad he's not being at this time anyway suspended or fined. But I, I do think it needs to be challenged ideologically because it's just it's wrong and potentially very harmful given some of the allies surrounding Kyrie. So there, there's a lot with this. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Uh,
2: about that. No, 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 no. There, there, that's good. That that was a good layout. Um, and it's, it's interesting because I, what I hear you're saying is that a lot of the reactions is what was a lot of your point of contention um, in meaning the conservative right, the white supremacists applauding him, and I 100% get that. Um, because you have to be very careful about who is cheering you on. And if you're not trying to align with them, you do have to make it known, like in the the case that you gave with Bradley Beal. So I 100% understand that. Um, But listening to his press conference, um, you know, let let me just just read a few things that he he said in his press conference. So he said, I'm not a divisive person when it comes to religion. I embrace all walks of life. You see it on all my platforms. I talk to all races, all cultures, all religions. And my response would be, it's not about educating yourself on what anti-Semitism is. It's really about where the root words come from and understanding that this is an African heritage that is also belonging to the people. I'm listening to that and I'm like, OK, you know, I, I that, that's a that's a, a belief. He's going towards a belief that is different than a lot of people have. Um, he went on to say Africa is in it, whether we want to dismiss it or not. So the claims of anti-Semitism, who are the original chosen people of God, And we go into these religious conversations, and it's a big no-no. I don't live my life that way. I don't live my life that way. He said it twice. I grew up in a melting pot, and I say a melting pot of all races, white, black, red, yellow, Jewish, Christian, Muslim. um, You see the way I live my life now, I'm not here to be divisive. So I hear that in his press conference, and of course, you know, later on he had to spat back and forth with the reporter who wanted him to give, you know, a little bit specific details and what don't you. And and Kyrie could have answered those questions and kind of put all speculation to bed, but I don't hear from his press conference that he is endorsing anti-Semitism. I, 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 I heard him say, and this is just what I heard. I heard him say, when I post something, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, when I post something, it does not mean that I support everything that's being said or everything that's being done, or that I'm promoting or campaigning for anything. All I do is post things for my people and my community um, that is going to impact. So I I, I look at myself and I I shared things with people and I didn't necessarily you know agree with everything about it, but I'm sharing it for you know you know a, a discussion. Um, I share kids with things with my kids all the time and just say, like, you know, what do you think about this without me interjecting and saying what my opinion is? What what is your opinion on this? Um, but it's not an endorsement of it. So I and I I keep hearing people say that he shared it without context. And I, I just said it myself. But I'm like, well, if you're sharing information for other people to decipher, is that an endorsement? Is, is that saying that you agree with everything that you shared or can you be sharing it for content, for people to make their own decisions? The way he said, I'm sharing it with my followers, with my community, with my people, you know, I mean, so I had a little bit of a different interpretation when I initially saw it. And then when I heard his press conference explaining why he shared it, what, what do you what is your response to that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I just think you know we're in an age that if you're putting something forward to see, you have to be <laughs> either really careful about what it is or really intentional about what it is. And again, I got to go back to this point: is I think Kyrie in his press conference, I didn't appreciate it because I thought he was being coy. Um, instead of, and I and I repeat this like that, this is somebody very smart who knows what he's doing. And I think there are things to share and say, people should check this out and see what they think. But again, you got to be very clear about what you think too. And this particular thing, I mean, it's sort of like, I mean, these ideas, I've just seen them poison the well so many times that even the level of what do you think is a very difficult thing for me to swallow. Like this film argues that Hitler said, and it was like fake quotes from Hitler about Jewish people and what they mean and all the stuff. And it's not even real quotes by Hitler. And then the question becomes, what do you think about that? What do I think about fake quotes from Adolf Hitler? Like, I can't, I can't really get my head around why someone would share that. I mean, even to get people to think about what it is. And it's like, that's what I can't get over. It's like, what are we sharing? What context are we providing for that? And how are we trying to treat people? Like, I would be really upset if an athlete posted, like, Birth of a Nation without context. Now, there are things in Birth of a Nation, you know, the film that revived the Ku Klux Klan in 19, I believe, 15. There are parts of Birth of a Nation that revolutionized filmmaking and that need to be studied just from the perspective of, oh, no film has done parallel editing before, or things like that. But then, but, but you can't be blind to the content, which is some of the most horrifically racist images in the history of film. And it was a film that inspired a level of hatred and violence. I mean, the Klan was basically almost non-existent by 1915, and it led to this massive revival Because this film was so deep. And let's be clear, people knew about that at the time. The NAACP picketed theaters that showed Birth of a Nation. Mm -hmm. It's not like people were blind to the power it could have. And in this day and age, and that's 1915, in this day and age where ideas can spread so quickly Mm -hmm. and influence so quickly, that, you know, to me, this kind of, the kind of ideas represented to me, like, represent like an an active threat. And I I frankly wish I could do more than just write an article and say, this is why it's wrong. Uh, But what we don't have in this country, and this is where to me it gets really important is a mass movement that stands against all oppression because we do live in this. this is the part that's so important to me and why I, I just can't stand articles that put the focus on Kyrie slowly as if he's introducing anti semitism into the world or something, or introducing these ideas to the world. It's like without the kind of, of mass movement that expresses a different set of ideas, people are forced to look at their own lives, see all the injustices in the world, and try to come up with their own solution for why that's the case. So you see this film, you think the wor- world is messed up, and you say, okay, this makes sense. Maybe this is why the world's messed up. And there's no voices saying, well, wait a minute, you know, put those away because those ideas have led us down a wrong path for over 100 years. And who do they really benefit? You know, if everybody's like, oh, the problem is the Jews, the Jews. And meanwhile, you know, Elon Musk is smiling. there, cashing checks. And so this is this is just more my point is that, like, there has to be some sense of what the ideas are and what the effect could have. And I don't think it's enough to just put it out there and just be like, just putting it out into the world.
2: Okay. I think, I think
1: the most popular film. And also I, I, in my very first line, my, the very first four words of my piece are thanks to Jeff Bezos. Mm -hmm. Because it, to me, that's where you get to full accountability. Like why is Amazon platforming this? Right. Where anybody can get it. And to me, that's the starting point because people are looking for ideas and I just fear the ideas these days that people are reaching for. We're going to see that in the elections on Tuesday mm-hmm. um, because of the absence of a movement like what we saw in 2020, trying to put a different set of ideas forward.
2: Well, I, I, I definitely agree that, you know, and it's a good point that you made that when you when you do post something um, to that that level, you um, you kind of got to give it context uh, because it's, or it's a good idea too, because then people can think um, many different things. They can think that you're endorsing it. They could think that you're promoting it. They could think that you agree with everything that is being said. Um, you know, they, they can think a lot of different things. And I, and I do also feel that when he went to the press conference, he kind of could have made that point clear. He could have, he, he, he said a lot in the press conference. I didn't, I didn't think he was being coy until he had the you know, I understand the interaction with um, Nick Fidel um, and he asked him to clarify and he felt that he already did clarify, which he he kind of did. He said, I didn't mean it to mean what you're saying. I meant it to mean I wanted he he did say that. But, um, you know, it was it was it was also good. He 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 deleted the tweet. Um, and it has been reported that his camp has been in constant communication with the Nets and the defamation league and he is um listening to breakdowns of you know why people found this tweet so offensive and you know, so he's talking to people and taking some steps to hear the other side um you know, I, I don't know if that's if you view that as a positive or not um how do you how do you view that part?
1: A very. I think that's I mean, I'd, I'd want a little more, uh, you know, for myself, this is serious enough and public enough. Mm-hmm. that I'd love I'll be doing some Googling when we're done, because I'd love to have some meat on the bone as far as what kind of idea. I mean, I don't trust the Anti-Defamation League. That's a whole other question. So I want to know sure. what's actually being said. Like, for example, um, it's like the people by the court uh, with with the T-shirts that said fight anti-Semitism. There was a part of me that was like, okay, on one level, this is I would rather see that than Kyrie suspended or fined. like put the ideas out there and let him see that he affected people. On the other side, if I I was doing that, I would have had something that said something like stop anti-Semitism, racism and all forms of oppression, because once we start segmenting ourselves off, I think that's and not showing that we want to offer as Jewish people. Active solidarity against what is so central to the United States, and that's anti-black racism.
2: Yeah, I mean, they found
1: themselves in trouble, and they weren't doing that. And it gets to a bigger issue of. Well, I'll stop there. You, go ahead, Ritan. Well, sorry.
2: that 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 is also a lot of people's issues. Is that it always is specific? Um, I mean, that was kind of the issues with with Kanye. I mean, that you know certain things were allowed for him to say. Um, anti-black things, disrespect George Ford's family, you know, wear the white lives matter t-shirt, you know, say that slavery was a choice, say that Harriet Tubman didn't really, you know, all those different things. And companies had no problem standing by him. You know, Adidas actually came out with a statement and said, we still support Kanye. But then once he said something that offended Jewish people, then it was immediate backlash. So that's a little bit of the the issue that people do have. So speaking. That. Yeah, So speaking to the... Time. Yeah, so speaking to the people in the and the the season ticket holders with the shirts um the concern wasn't anything else but what was specifically offensive to Jewish people and you know when people see that and and identify that as a, as a issue it does become more divisive but my my I want to go back to my question from before do you still think that that's it's fair to label Kyrie Irving as anti-semitic
1: Well, I can't see in his heart. And I don't like I I think he was putting forward a set of anti-Semitic ideas by promoting the film and by promoting Alex Jones, who is.
2: So so he he addressed the promotion part. Um, He he talked about he said specific and that was started his whole spat with Nick Fidel. And he said, why can you please stop using the word promote? He was like, I'm not promoting anything. I shared information, but I didn't endorse. He's like, I didn't. He he was very specific with that. So I understood the the, the level of frustration that the um, interaction with Nick Fidel kind of kind of kind of went to because it was almost like he kept answering him the same questions that he already asked. He said, That's not what I was trying to do. But Nick Fidel didn't want to accept it, but wanted to give more specifics, which is a reporter's job as well. So it was, I understand both sides. But, um, he did kind of answer the question like when like we're talking about the um, Alex Jones, you know, he said specifically, he does not support Alex Jones. like that's what he that was her exact words. he said, and he was tweeting this about what he specifically said about was it secret societies or something like that. He's like, but nothing about the statements that he made about the kids of Sandy Hook Now that one he got specific with. So, you know, to be fair, you could agree with something that someone says on one topic and not endorse the person as a whole. Right. I mean, between, you know, we matter at least activism and, and uh, police brutality and white supremacy, the fight against American traditions, the two books, I probably interviewed over like a hundred different people, but doesn't mean I am fully endorsing sure. everything about any of them. You know what I mean? I'm talking to them about this one topic. I remember our, discussion and a lot of people's discussions like, what is Jake Tapper doing in your, your book about what? And I was like, well, it was specific to how he responded to the domestic terrorist attacks on January 6th. That's specifically what it was. So I I don't think you have to fully endorse them. now it might have been bad timing, you know what I mean, with everything that was going on with Alex Jones, but it doesn't mean that he's a supporter of Alex Jones as as a whole, right?
1: I mean, I, I go with intentionality on this. Okay. Um you know, it, I mean, it's one thing if you were like, for example, Jake Tapper, yeah. like if you'd interviewed him about, say, Israel, okay. and I disagree very strongly with Jake Tapper about Israel. As do without, I. Without commentary from yourself. I love interviewing Jake Tapper about fatherhood about or about January 6th. Right. That's really important. I'd love to talk to Kyrie, for example, about his Native American traditions um, that, he, that he's so connected to about something, and I, I, you, people can look it up. I've written, and this is part of the thing that stings so much. Mm-hmm. I've written defenses of Kyrie when everybody else was in pile on mode. Right. And I also think we, we just live in a day of eight, a, a day and age it's on where it's like Kyrie can say he's not promoting it. But to me, that's like saying you don't believe in gravity when you're falling out of an airplane. You know, you can say you don't believe in it, but if you're putting a film out there, you know, the same way when you put the fatherhood book out there, it's not that you're promoting everything the person believes, but you are saying that Jake Tapper, just to keep using that example, has something of value to say about this. Like if, they, if you had said to Jake Tapper, what do you think about January 6th? And he had said, I think the whole thing was orchestrated by Jewish people and the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. Like you, you would have, I mean, you may or may not have included it in the book, but I know you would have. Push back on it. You would have debated. And had, like, you either wouldn't have made it or it would have made it, and you would have had serious context about why that was ridiculous thing for him to say.
2: Well, well, we would have debated, and I would have presented why I disagree with what he said, and he would have presented. So, in some of the books, like with Michael Eric Dyson, when I was mm-hmm. talking to him, We Matter, it was a whole big debate. We were going yeah. back and forth the whole time. That's all it was. Like, I have no problem with debating. With, with someone that I, that I disagree with on a topic, um, but I also ha- don't have a problem with agreeing with them on one thing that they said without agreeing with them as a whole. And I think yeah. that's kind of, you know, and now now I, I'll agree with you, at, at probably bad timing for Kyrie to to, to um, agree with anything that Alex Jones said just now, but it doesn't mean that he was fully endorsing Alex Jones, especially when he specifically said during the press conference, I do not endorse
1: Alex Jones like he
0: couldn't
1: be any clearer I see but I think I think it, it it's like the expression I think it's one of those things where he's very intentional it's not bad timing for him like it's I mean for me it would, it would be or someone else it might be bad timing because sometimes I don't think before I post like I think there's an intentionality to it like why do it now when all the okay. stuff with Kanye is happening it just it just is like he's way too smart for that and that doesn't mean I'm trying to divine beliefs in him that he that he doesn't have. But at the very – I think, like, we can't have this discussion without the context of how scary things are right now and how dangerous and polarizing things are right now, where something like this, like posting a video like this, has real teeth. You know, it's like – I'll give you – like, other players um, – you know Stephen Jackson, to use one example, who I respect on a lot of levels, you know, said something that was anti that I believe to be anti Jewish, um, and it was one of those things where you know some people got upset about it, some people didn't. It certainly didn't hurt his career prospects. You know, he's on Showtime, I think it is, with Matt Barnes, what have you. But that was a different moment when he said that in a different context. Um, this, this is, and he didn't certainly didn't have allies rush to his defense who. Post on message boards about shooting up synagogues and things like that. Like these are the same message boards. I mean, Nazis are. I mean, you probably heard about this, but you know, having pro-Kanye rallies or projecting images like that, Kanye told the truth about Jews. I mean, they put that on the side of a football stadium on Saturday with this but huge projector. It's a scary moment. And, and, I, and I, I hear want, you. I, I and want let me, let me, people to people don't have to rise to the occasion. Right. I mean, certainly not looking at NBA players to rise to the occasion. I think this has to happen off the court where we rise to the occasion. But when you have someone with influence like that put those ideas out into the mainstream, it changes the balance of things in a way that can be really scary.
2: But is it fair to call him anti-Semitic? You know what I mean? I mean, I, you could say so what you're describing now was was poor timing, um, the 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 the, the the where we are in the world, who the people are who um, you know responded to him and supported it and everything like that. But is it fair to call him
1: anti-Semitic? I think he did anti-Semitism a very big favor.
2: That and was I, my question, though. It is no, it I mean, him? I
1: told you, I can't look into his heart. But that's what. But so, but so this what he's is thinking, And I can't trust these press conferences because, I, like I said, I think he's. My opinion is that there's an intentionality with this that he's not going to just come forward and say, because he's way too smart for that. And he, I mean, it's like playing with where the line is. So he doesn't get fined or suspended, doesn't get suspended from the league. But at the same time, you've got people on message boards doing dances uh, because he put this thing out and they're not even watching the film. They're, They're going by the highlights the articles like, oh, he quoted Hitler or, you know, like th- this is this is, you know, but, <laughs> this is then, white supremacist prom for them that he's putting this stuff out.
2: So so let me give you an example. When the when the thing happened with with Sarver, uh, Robert Sarver and that all and I, I wrote an article about um, Brian Scalabrini um, and I talked about how he was saying that he didn't think that was a big deal that Robert Sarver used the N word. And I said, well, I'm going to, you know, I could explain to you, um, you know, if my grandfather was here, he would explain to you. He would explain to Adam Silver. He would explain to Robert Sarver and anybody else who didn't understand why it it wasn't acceptable for a white person to use an N-word in any context. Right. So he said he said. So I went on his show and I talked to him and he said we're going back and forth. And he said, yeah, the people in the comments section were all calling me racist. I was like, but I didn't call you racist. He was like, yeah, but all the people and all the reaction from it, everybody was saying, oh, Scalabrini is a racist. Scalabrini... De-. I was like, wait, I didn't say any of that. I said, what I repeated what you said was that you didn't think that Sarver was a racist and you didn't understand why it wasn't acceptable for a white person to use the N-word. So, and I'm using that as an example because I can't control the people in the comment section. I just don't even read the comment section, to be honest with you. But, but if his point was like, well, you said this... And the common people said this. So that means that you were calling me a racist too. I was like, no, you can't you can't jump to, from that to that because that's not what I said. So relating this to Kyrie, I mean, what Kyrie said in his press conference was specifically, I love people of all religions. Like I don't, like that's what he said. So to make the jump from that Kyrie, which is going on right now all through, not, not speaking to you directly, even though in the title said Kyrie's anti-Semitism, so that did kind of lean towards that. Um, the subtitle, I mean, for the article, but to to make that jump to Kyrie being anti-Semitic, I don't, I don't know if that's fair. Mm. That's a big, I mean, that's a big label to put on someone, and I'm like, well, I don't show me the proof of now. True. If he would have came to the thing and said something like, "Yeah, this is what I feel," and this, this, and this, and I, I feel that, you, then that's different. But that's that's not what he did, right?
1: No, it, it he's letting the film do that talking for him. I mean, and that, that's my issue with it. And the message thing is really important because it's not just about people on messages talking crap. I mean, it's the message boards that people blame for Charlottesville, that people blame for the shooting in the Pittsburgh synagogue. Like these aren't benign message boards mm-hmm. of people just sounding off. And like we talked about Bradley Beal, there's a responsibility when you have actionable violence in the streets. And even this, the speaker of the house is not immune from it. Like that, that we be very careful with what we put forward. And the thing about it too, is I, I got to go back to this. It's like, so Brian Scalabrini from a position of power, uh, defends a racist and that's really messed up. You've got people and, and I would never <laughs> obviously defend that in a thousand years. That's really messed up. And I'm sure there were people out there who were racist who were like, yeah, go for it, Scalabrini. But th- this is a little different because what, was, what Kyrie was trafficking in is something that has led to some of the most horrific crimes that of the last hundred years that were, like, openly—I mean, I'm <laughs> only in this country because of the protocols of the elders of Zion, you know, because it made living in Russia impossible for my great-grandparents— to be under the constant threat of violence. And this is where you get to something that's a whole separate topic, but, but about Jewish people, I mean, and whiteness more broadly, mm-hmm. um, because Jewish people, particularly in the generations after world war II, when, you know, support for Israel became so critical for us harm, foreign policy right, is almost like uh, like, My great grandfather was not seen as white, but my grandfather was, you know, and that's a very odd thing uh, to to sort of go through in your own family history. Right. But it's like but what you're seeing right now. And this is what's scary and real and something that I have to figure out how to deal with with my family is that whiteness on the far, far Nazi right. Is when it comes to Jewish people is something that they're trying to turn politically into something conditional. Okay. Like you're, you maybe you're not part of this country. And I'm talking about like the words of like Donald Trump, the leader Mm -hmm. of one of the main political parties in the United States Mm -hmm. is making statements like, I love Israeli Jews. The American Jews, you know, aren't real with that Mm -hmm. regard. If they were, they'd support Israel. And that that that's when you're just like, holy crap, because they can be as cruel to us as they want and justify it by saying, well, they're not real Jews anyway. I even like there was even this discourse about like, how can it be anti-Semitic? Like I said, and this was a, a, a white far right guy who said this, he said, how could it be anti-Semitic with what Kanye is saying if they're not real Jews in the first place? Because all we're really taking on are the imposters. And from their standpoint, like I'm totally an imposter. I'm an imposter to the 50th power. And it raises scary questions about who they think is available for violence and who isn't. And we have to be very vigilant about that given the social context, which is why I think the standard, it's not just Kyrie, like why the standard, every single public figure um, needs to be held towards to me is are you making the people with the guns happy or are you not? You know, and it, it's just too fraught to play around with that right now. It's we're playing with serious nitroglycerin with some of these ideas, and it requires a vigilance and a condemnation of the ideas that I think is really important. And it's so public these days, a ton with social media that if Kyrie is really getting something out of what the Nets are trying to put forward or what individuals are trying to put forward, like we need to hear about that too. Um, Like I think this needs to be a a much more public discussion. And I'll tell you this too. It's like, I I had and this was just, I I don't want to say the team, but I had like a, a representative from an NBA team reach out to me. And this was weird like reach out to me like 36 hours ago Mm -hmm. Be like do you know anybody who can come speak to our locker room about this issue because it's all people are talking about and the 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 discourse is very much you know in defense of Kyrie not defense of the ideas of that film Mm -hmm. but in defense of him as an individual and what's What's scary about that, Etan, is it makes me, you know, it's like, you know me, it's like you got to learn from history. You got to look at what's happening. And it makes me think a little bit of the way a lot of players were kneeling initially um, in support of Colin Kaepernick and just like, oh, they're piling on Colin. We'll show you solidarity. You you got Mm -hmm. to pile on us, too. But then the process of then these players being piled upon um, radicalized them and made them say, well, actually, I'm against police brutality too. I'm against racial inequity too. And I think there's a fear in the NBA that if this is something that continues down this road, that players are going to be asked, like, do you support or not support Kyrie whatnot? And that could lead to a public relations disaster for the of NBA
0: course. of but rather
1: portions, So – I'm glad NBA teams are maybe trying to be proactive about this. But to me, it just speaks to how ideas can also change. I'm not saying this is happening, but it speaks to how ideas can change and migrate and become common currency. And these set of ideas are, I believe, are 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 scary.
2: But the answer is the is the answer to the set of ideas that are out there that are on uh, and on Amazon that is now the number one seller on Amazon. I don't know if that was after Kyrie talked about it or if it was before, but I'm pretty sure it was after. But uh, it's the number one seller on Amazon now, um, you know, but is the answer to silence the discussion or have a discussion? You know what I mean? Because it, it seems like it. it there are there's room to have a discussion, I believe, on on just about any topic. I mean, it, it, even if the discussion is I disagree with what you're saying and this is the reason why I disagree. I, it's sometimes if you just have a label like anti-Semitic, that shuts down the conversation and shuts down everything. It's kind of it's kind of seems like a like I don't want to say a lazy response or a response when you want to you know put the whole thing to bed. Or when you have a, want to have a real discussion of, okay, what is it that we should be discussing about this? I, I just think it, so I look at it like, so, okay, so I took a, I took a, um, a college in college, I took a class and I learned about all different religions. It was like a religions of the world class or something like that. And I learned about different beliefs that were contrary to what I believed as a Christian. Um, but I didn't interpret what I was reading as anti-Christian. It was just a different belief. Um, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with reading about a different belief. And, you know, maybe if, if so if Kyrie would have explained why he shared the documentary from, from Hebrews to Negroes, to Negroes that way, um, would he still have been labeled anti-Semitic? Cause I didn't see him endorse it. It was like, this is a different belief. And when he was, in the press conference, everything that he said was leaning towards. I wanted to share this information with my followers and my people. So I, I don't know. I, I I have I I get a little bit nervous when people want to, kind of, silence, discussion, information, anything, even if it's just to have a discussion and say I disagree with what you're saying. They just want to silence it completely, and that's kind of what I see. The right doing with CRT. We want to silence it. We want to have any discussion about it. We we want to ban the books. We want to take it completely off. And I'm like, well, not even a discussion? Not is
1: we well, can't the, even be talked the, the about. So I mean, then this is a big difference, is they're using state power to silence discussions about racism mm-hmm. to the point of which teachers are losing their employment. People that in some states, like you can sue the school board. In Oklahoma, you know this. In Tulsa, yeah. they're talking about putting the whole school board in like some sort of state-run receivership yeah. because of a discussion in a teacher training session, mm-hmm. not even in a classroom. And in this case, the I'm just sharing ideas becomes to me really rough when the ideas are about you know Satanism and drinking blood and uh, and Hitler had some really good ideas. Like I'm not saying even with that, that, you know, that, that, that this idea that, you know, Kyrie should be banned from playing the movie should be burned in the public square or anything of the sort. But it to me is not just like, Oh, good. More dialogue. It's Holy shit. You know, my family is might be pretty screwed (laughs) when I see that it's the number one film on Amazon, because what, especially in this climate where violence is seen as somehow legitimate political speech, Like, what what is it going to mean for me and my family that this film is could become, you know, the a a variation of a kind of birth of a nation where people say, okay, these are the ideas that I'm comfortable with. And it changes the whole discourse about what is or isn't allowed to be said about a group of people who are at this point, you know, under a, a scary drumbeat of attack. And so that's what I keep coming back to is, and and also I said this, but I'll say it again. It's just like we live in an era where if you're going to post something, if you don't have some sort of disclaimer, I mean, it's going to be seen as an endorsement. We could argue about that not being fair, Mm -hmm. which I'm willing to have that discussion for sure. But, and also the way, I mean, because it's the only way I know how the way I think we fight this is with debate and is with ideas. I agree. Um, otherwise, you you run into the issue of, like I said at the beginning of the conversation, uh, begging for billionaires to save us, which I don't think is an appropriate response. You know, Joseph Tsai, please be the voice of fighting oppression. You know, I'm not, you know, going down that road. Right. Um. And I I think I don't know how else to other than weathering the storm, because this is going to be a storm. You know, it's why the Nazis call their site storm front. I mean, and how how we're going to weather that is, to me, going to determine the next 20, 30 years really is, is is what is the thing about it. But feeling. Under threat is going to be i think a shock for a lot of jewish people who got very comfortable with their whiteness.
2: Well, when you use words like like under threat um and kind of relating that to Kyrie, i i, I think that's a little like a lot. Um i don't and i i hear what you're saying as far as it, the 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 documentary being a threat to but I then it's, it's weaponizing it. And I just didn't hear him weaponizing anything in the press conference. Now, I think that some more discussion definitely needs to be had. I think it would be great to have. But I don't think the answer right now, which is everybody's leaning towards, is just to silence everything. Just stop, you know, the media, the collective media. I was sitting here listening to different clips of, you know, all, all media giving their opinion on this. And they're kind of upset that the Nets didn't suspend him. Didn't punish him. Didn't do something to reprimand him to put. And I'm like, well, to your point, is that the answer? Is, is to to just remand him, squash it. Nobody else bring this up again, or you'll be punished as well. I can't wrap my 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 arms around that kind of notion because then that that spills into everything. I mean, what? what and for for an athlete to speak out on something. Sometimes it's to spark a debate, to spark a discussion, and there are going to be people who are very upset that the athlete did bring this up to the point where they have threats. I've experienced that myself. I mean, when I I spoke out against the invasion of Iraq, there was a lot of people that weren't happy with me. I started getting death threats, started getting mail delivered to the Verizon Center that I was anti-American, anti this. I was like, well, wait a minute. You know what I mean? I didn't say all of that. I said that I was opposed to the invasion of Iraq. You're the only reporter that even would allow me to make that position known. The Washington Post didn't want to. The Washington Times didn't want to. It was only Dave Zirin who was working for the PG Post or something like that at the time that even wanted to talk about it. So their answer then was to silence me. That was the answer. You know what I mean? We we, I. I interviewed um, Mahmoud Abdul aruf in my book, um, um, Police, Brutality, and White Supremacy, The Fight Against American Traditions*, And he talked about the backlash that he received when he, and you interviewed him well. great It was a great interview on Edge of Sports. You know, and he talked about it in, in his new book as well. But the backlash that he received was just to silence. And I was like, that that wasn't the answer then. And I don't think it's the answer now to silence Opposition to silence something that you're opposed to, no matter what it is, but to dialogue like this. Should I? I, and this is just me. I don't I want to keep going because I want to get you to to this, but I, I think that dialogue helps bring about different levels of understanding, different levels of intention, different levels, of, and that's something that me and you are able to do and even have a discussion where you see something one way and I see something another way. You know what I mean? But I'm not hearing a discussion like this anywhere where you can say, well, wait, or some one person says, well, wait a minute. Did Kyrie really say all of that? Did he? Was that his message? Is it fair to label him as anti-Semitic? Is it fair? I never heard I haven't heard anybody even bring that up. It's just he's anti-Semitic. He should be suspended. It's terrible what he's doing. You know, the next think about waving him, you know, he's an idiot. Like what Charles Barkley and Shaq said, oh, he's a, I was like, why does he have to be an idiot?
1: Just, you know, why? why, do, yeah, why I don't do he think he's running? an idiot at all. And I, I you know, in, in some respect, uh, <laughs> and I know we're running out of time, but people who are quote unquote idiots don't even like that word, quite right. frankly, right. because of some of its roots. Um, but like th- th- that's that's a lot easier to deal with. I mean, I think Kyrie is incredibly intelligent, which is uh, one of the things that makes this for me very disappointing, because. I think it's a little bit of a false equivalency because a ton, I mean, we have to look at the political content. Like when you stood up for the people of Iraq, that was a statement of, to me, um, it, forget about whether it was courageous or not courageous because I think it was courageous. Other people would say not. You weren't renouncing the humanity of one of the groups involved and putting that up for debate. And that to me is when you gotta call it out like, all right, I'm all for debate times a thousand. I'm all for debate about what Mahmoud Abdul Raouf did and why I think it was important. But are we are we really gonna debate whether I drink blood? I mean, oh, that's mean.
2: I was gonna ask, what do you mean by renouncing the humanity?
1: But okay, that's yeah. what you talking about. Yeah. what well, he but what, you, or, but what, you, that what you, I, or that what, I eat children? I'm not saying Kyrie thinks that I drink blood or eat children. But he did put out a film that said, "Hey, you got to watch these modern Jews, white Jews, because th- th- they are nefarious." And, yeah, and I, and I
2: had to seen the film, so I'm not at all trying to.
1: I haven't seen it. I haven't, you know. But I think that, you'd agree with me that that, that sounds horrible. That part you.
2: that you just said, it sounds horrible. Um, I saw what he what he mentioned. He didn't mention that part in his press conference. What no. he mentioned in the press conference was who are God's chosen people. That's mm-hmm. what he mentioned. And that has been something that has been debated for sure. I don't know how long. And I think that is a, just, a, there's nothing wrong with that debate. I don't think that dehumanizes anybody. I mean, I think there's different well, I
1: agree. Would that were the film? I wish it was. Um, but Protocols of the Elders of Zion wasn't written by um, anybody in the Black community or okay, anything right. that expressed any kind of, you know, African consciousness. I mean, this is, like I said, this is Tsarist Russia mm-hmm. at work and tragically, It's a best-selling book, and this is a good example. It's a best-selling book in the Arab world. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the reasons for that is people are trying to understand why Israel acts in such a horrifically nefarious way in the region. So people are looking for answers to try to understand that. And Mm -hmm. the answer I would give is that Israel is critical to U.S. foreign policy, so they arm it to the teeth with nuclear weapons, and it's a country built on stolen land. Precisely, so there can be kind of a European outpost in the middle of, in the, middle of the Middle East. Okay, um, but it it does it hurts to know that like this is one of the ways people are trying to understand the injustices that they see, and I don't blame people for trying to understand it. I blame you know I don't want to even use the word blame, but I put the responsibility on the rest of us to build intersectional movements that allow for us standing up for each other. And this is where my Jewish community, I think, falls terribly short, um, precisely because of that question that we discussed earlier of conditional whiteness. Um, Mm -hmm. But but I, you know, and we want the whiteness part and don't care about the conditional part. Um, Right. Yeah. And
2: and that's and that's another question that I think is a a fair question, is what is considered anti-Semitic? Um, and then now let's put the movie aside, because documentary aside, because I haven't read any of that. But having a discussion where, just as far as what people do know about the he- heard the press conference, heard what Kyrie said, heard different things, heard what you just said about Israel and why it's such a power. There are many who would say, well, that's kind of anti-Semitic to oh. think that, but, right? And I, I've been accused of being anti-Semitic when I, you know, spoke about Israel. I didn't, I what, I didn't take the the position that Israel has the right to defend itself no matter what. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I didn't take that position. I was like, wait a minute. They just slaughtered all these Palestinians and you're okay?" And it just because. And why is that that Right, right. They say that's anti-Semitic. So so then it's like what what conversation is 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 taboo. You know what I mean? Like what 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 part is on the table for discussion that we can have a discussion about? Like me and you are having a discussion now and what topics are off limits and get and get the label of being anti-Semitic. And yeah. that's, a tough, that's a tough debate to have because right now it's such a fine line. It feels like almost anything having to do with the criticism towards anything that you, so, so even if I say, going back to what Kanye said, if I say, well, many of the, the, the Jewish owned um, record labels, maybe I, if I say that they, they would never allow, and you mentioned, you talked about this in your article as well. If my position was that they would never allow some of the negative images that are put out of, of, black people constantly um you know what i mean uh whether it's from of the degrading images of women the the violence the everything like that they would never allow that image of their own people to be put out even if that was the popular image you know what i mean if i said that that's not an anti-semitic statement in 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 my opinion but many would say okay wait that's anti-semitic you can't say that
1: well but part of it is about you know to me it's like there has to be such a thing as um objective truth. So while I think that like, that's the the music industry is a disgusting, horrifically exploitative business. I mean, it's because we live in a disgusting, to me, exploitative society. And it's not exclusively Jews that run that business. It's something that's uniform across the business. It's the same with media. It's like I said in my, my article, it's like Rupert Murdoch and his racist son, like aren't named Murdochowitz. You know, there are all kinds of people who run the media. I mean, look at Elon Musk, for goodness sakes. You know, the son of an apartheid emerald mine owner uh, is now in charge of the most important public square that we have. And, And I do think that some ideas out there demand to be confronted and silenced. And I want to give an example of that. What I mean by that, like, I think if if the Klan comes to your town, there are strategies that people say that should be dealt with. And, you know, and it's like I I disagree with a lot of people on this. Like some say, you know, let them talk because free speech is an absolute right. And and if we start making the Klan or the Nazis be quiet, then that'll migrate to the rest of us. There are other people who say, you know, let them talk, but have like a silent vigil to show your disagreement. And then there are people and who say, well, actually we got to go occupy the space where they were going to talk. So they can't. Mm -hmm. And I'm in the latter camp because I think these ideas have a violent power to them that affect people, black people, brown people like that, like you saw when they came to DC, they vandalized black churches, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, this is what we're up against. And we're either gonna uh, come together or die apart, I think. And if there are more you know, shootings at synagogues, if more Jews go into hiding because they're seen as not real Jews or all the rest of it, it's like, we're just gonna be a name on a checklist. And then they're gonna gonna go on to the next people and the next people and the next people until their ideal of a country where we're so silenced by fear. That's the thing about free speech and discussion. It's like Mm -hmm. if someone is doing a rally to say, we want you silenced forever, that's not dialogue.
2: Right. That's
1: not free speech. And so Mm -hmm. that's where I come down on is I'm looking at the content of the ideas and what are their operational conclusions. And they don't lead me to having more space for free speech, but actually less.
2: But that's where that's where everybody uh, I will not say everybody, but that's where a lot of people in the media right now are are calling for Kyrie to be suspended or waived or anything like that. And I just, I just don't know. I I don't think that's the answer. I don't, I don't don't think that's, you know, it's interesting. I, I interviewed um, NBA commissioner Adam Silver um, in my book, We Matter Athletes and Activism. And I asked him point blank, would would you um, punish someone for, talking about an athlete for voicing an opinion that you disagree with. Cause that's always the caveat. You know, everybody applauds athletes when they agree with them, but it's when you disagree when something that, you know, falls into a different category that, that, that you can give a list of reasons why the athlete should not have said that. And he, he said, he said he wouldn't, he said he wouldn't um, as long as it was presented respectfully. And I just feel like if, is leading towards people calling for Adam Silver to now step in and suspend Kyrie that if he did that it would kind of go against everything that he told me in my book like it would it would be like you know you're you it's hard to pick and choose what athlete has the the right to speak now everybody has the right to disagree and that's why I think the dialogue and the discussion comes but to silence like that that part just you know, and I've been consistent with this. I wrote a piece about Dick Bosa when he was, you know, tweeting all the stuff about Trump. I was like, well, no, he has every right to tweet what he wants to. We, we have the right to disagree. You know, I, I invited Enos Cannon Freedom on the rematch when I disagreed with everything that he said when he was on Tucker Carlson. You know, I go down the list. So it, it's it's not about disagreeing or endorsing what the person said, but it's just the the ideal that if, somebody says something that you disagree with for whatever the reason, and I'm talking more about athletes, that the answer is to punish them, silence them. And I just, I've seen that too much. So that's what, that's what makes me a little nervous, Dave. I'm going to be honest with you. That's the part that does that understand why is understandable why I'm, I'm, I get nervous when I hear that.
1: Of course I understand my goodness, because of the history of silencing black athletes makes it so you have to be vigilant. When this takes place, because sure. that that's one of the part of the things where where racism does come into the picture where, you know, Gary is going to be affected by this in a way that Ted Cruz won't or even in a way Kanye won't. Because Kanye is an independent operator. But when you're on a team, you're under you're a worker and you're under somebody else's thumb. Yeah. And that that's always going to have to be a concern. And I, I totally understand that. I think there is such thing as ideas that are outside, I guess it's called the Overton window. Like when you start to accept that certain ideas are part of the debate, it then changes the whole debate to the left or to the right. And I think this is a situation that clearly the right wing is more comfortable talking about. And yeah, you have some, or, or are celebrating. And when you have some, you know, you do have reporters, of course, and Reggie Miller and Charles Barkley saying this is an outrage and all the rest of it. But I'm much more interested in what the response is going to be on the ground. And so either the Jewish community is going to figure out how to fight anti-Black racism, um, or I think we're in for a lot of trouble because I'm worried about the depths of the divisions that are being created, especially when I see a film like this at the top of uh, the Amazon News. But this has been a great discussion. I actually have to go. I'm sorry.
2: Oh, I was gonna I was gonna end real quick with a quote of yours. Let me quote you real quick sure, and then sure, we can end. Sure. All right, all right. We'll just quote you real quick. This is how you ended the article. Um, you said, let's all pledge to wake up and learn from the past, but to not be shackled by it. A system that feeds upon division is the problem. The only way only people who benefit from division are the mega rich and powerful who come in all religions. Frolicking on yachts while the world uh, quietly literally burns. The crystal fascists who won't stop with the Jews. Um, They'll just be names to check off on a list on their way to other targets. We will either be united in fear or we will be united against a common enemy. I'm not sure what the future um, holds um, much else. And I think that was a great way to end it. So it's to your point. That we you want us to be able to come together, you know what I mean, and understand who is kind of pushing this, and that the people pushing this don't like either one of us. That's that's what you're yeah. saying, and they and they are we're targets for both of them. So when they finish with one, they come right after the other.
1: And, and I, I want to be very clear for folks mm-hmm. watching this: is I very very much respect your vigilance. Uh, it's on because we know how, particularly of athletes, particularly of Black athletes that effort to silence can migrate towards all sorts of issues. So thank you for your work.
2: Thank you for listening to The Rematch. You can find more episodes on basketballnews.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review. You can also find my articles on basketballnews.com along with exclusive content from Kenyon Martin, James Posey, and more. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AtonThomas36. Let me know what you thought of this episode and who you'd like to see as a guest. I would love your feedback.